Hello, this is Aaron Bounds, pastor of the Anchor Church located in Zanesville, Ohio. I want to say thanks for tuning in today. I hope this podcast inspires you, encourages you, and helps you to live the life God called you to live. Praise the Lord. They sat closer when it was just me teaching. <laughs> Y'all are far back tonight. Actually, I think we're just missing some of the people that were up front last week. Well, welcome tonight. If you if you are a hoarder, then you're probably in the wrong class because they're doing the uh, clutter class. In case you're in the wrong place, they're doing Sister Lauren. I was, I wanted to hear hers so badly. She's doing that uh, minimizing class tonight. So make sure you listen to that. I think all these are are available to listen to and. Um, on podcast, and so that's going to be a good one. And if you if you just thought you came to a general, just for a ch- church service tonight, we're doing our split sessions, and so this is the love language session, and um, then we have uncluttered session, and what's the other? The parenting for teenagers, the five love languages for parenting teenagers, and so uh, that's going on in the in the other sessions. Now, if you were in here last week, um, how many of you all remember that you had homework assignment? Homework, homework. Anybody remember about the homework? Talked about you all rewriting that verse and using that as a prayer for your spouse. And then I gave you some other homework. And you were supposed to get your spouse three different gifts because we talked about the love language last week. About receiving gifts, and I told you three gifts within the week, and one of them had to be something that you didn't spend money on. Did anybody do their homework? Yes. Awesome. Awesome. All right. Good percentage. That's awesome. Good. Good job, you all. For those that are new, we have some that haven't been here um, throughout the series, so we're, we're talking about the five love languages, so the first week we just talked, we did an overview about what love languages are and how we all speak different love languages and we're learning about our love language and what our spouse's love language is. And then the second week, pastor was with you all and we did a test, I think, just to see what your love language was, see if you were right or wrong, kind of learn more about that. And then we, week three, we were in here and we talked about Words of affirmation, because some of you speak that, where you need to be encouraged. You need to hear those words of affirmation. And we also talked about quality time. And then last week we talked about receiving gifts and acts of service. Who and receives th- gifts? Who's, uh, yeah. <laughs> and so the only one we haven't talked about yet is physical touch. And so that is one that last week we talked about, no matter, well, and, and I've said this a few times, no matter what your love language is, you do need to be able to speak a little bit of every love language, even if it's not yours or your spouse, because we all require a little bit of each love language. And physical touch is not different than that. We all require some physical touch, whether or not that's your love language. So if you have a piece of paper with you, I want you to draw a bar, a horizontal bar on it, just a a line, like a condensed line on 
one end, I want you to write not at all. And the other end, you're going to write absolutely vital, necessary, whatever word. So not at all, absolutely vital. So that's the two extremes of this, of this bar for the love language of physical touch. Now, I want you, and you don't, you don't have to, don't let your spouse look at yours. Do your cover sheet with your hand. I want you to write your initials where you think, where you feel you are on this scale. Not at all. You don't feel like physical touch. You, you require that. You need that. It's not you. Or absolutely vital. It's very important to you how much you're touched. Put your initials somewhere in there. And I want you to put your spouse's initials where you think the level of importance is for them. But don't look at their paper. This is what you think. Okay, now, after you've done that, now you can look. And you need to compare your, with your spouse, their response with your response. Surprised or close? Everybody has a need for physical touch. It's a way of communicating your emotions, your love. You learn that from a young age, even babies. And they say the more that you hold a baby. I remember when I had my first one, some of the ladies, older ladies, offered me their input. They said, you shouldn't hold your baby too much. You'll spoil them. And I thought, spoil them what? To want to be held more? I'm okay with that. <laughs> I wanted to hold my babies. And it did make them want to be held more, and I'm glad I did. And, and studies show a baby that's held a lot, cuddled, um, they feel more confident when they're older. They feel more loved. And so there's nothing wrong with wanting to hold your babies. And it, it can create uh, back problems if you hold them too much. But emotionally, it is good. It's good for children to want. And... Um, Intimacy is a dialect of physical touch of the love language. And in marriage, the touch of love has all kinds of forms. Uh, we have the touch receptors all in our body. And if you have your book, it talks a little bit about those, about different parts of your body, different, different places. Uh, some people like to hold hands. Some people like to, you know, touch their shoulder, whatever. Um, I think of, <laughs> tell that story of the one couple, you know, the... I I, uh, I was preaching for God one time, and after church, uh, we went out to eat, and the whole time that we're sitting at the restaurant, I'm talking to this guy, and he's, he's playing with his wife's earlobe. <laughs> I'd be like, for like an hour, and she was like, okay with it. <laughs> so I came home and tried it with Cindy, you know. <laughs> and I used a corny joke. I said, that's irritating. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I couldn't figure that guy out, though. And she let him do that the whole time. I'm like, what in the world? I didn't hear anything you said. I just remember him playing with their earlobe the whole time. <laughs> and the book, it talks about that. It says, uh, don't mistake the fact that your spouse might be like to touch somewhere that might not be. So ears not my, <laughs> not my place. <laughs> Maybe it's yours. But, um. She's getting cornier as she gets older. You notice that? She's talking dad jokes. Um, but your uh, touch, a physical touch, 
often in marriage can require full attention and it can be it can be so such a big range of physical touch it could be a back rub or just it can be intimacy on the other hand love touches can be just a moment just just like I said it could just be patting someone on the shoulder maybe it's when you're in the kitchen together and you're rubbing by each other and you touch on purpose it can be it can be all kinds of different ways it can be when you're you know he's you're he's pouring coffee or something you just go stand beside of him and touch him but um you have to be intentional about physical touch and it really doesn't take a lot of time you'd have to understand develop your understanding on how to communicate to your spouse through physical touch some love touches are just uh maybe you're sitting on the couch and you just want rather than going to if your spouse's love language if one of it is physical touch and there's the couch and he's sitting on the couch then don't go to the empty chair across <laughs> across from the t- couch. He would probably like it if you sat next to him on the couch. And it's it could be something so small, but it speaks their language and it means so much to them. Um, if you ha- and the book refers to uh, this is how many of you are reading the book or or doing some of this? Okay, good. Yeah, the book talks about under the table being an under the table toucher. <laughs> And it actually uses a reference. Maybe you're at the dinner table. Maybe you're maybe you're playing footsie with them. I don't know. Or maybe you're just if you're ever at a dinner table and you're with another couple, but you're sitting by your spouse and you just reach over and you and you're touching your spouse while you're out with other people. You're not talking to them, but you're communicating to them while you're talking to someone else. And that that's a love language. It's a lot of people's love language. Some people maybe you're not. You don't like to do physical touch in front of others at all or any public place, so then maybe you'll hold hands in the parking lot, but then you drop hands when you walk in the building. or I don't know, you, but you'll have to find the level of comfort with your spouse with this love language. I think, too, that, that um, physical touch is something that is not always natural for somebody because of how they were raised. And the fact of the matter is, is when you are... Uh, I said before, you know, you you raise chickens, but you train children. Isn't that true? And uh, you're training whether you think you're training or not. Whether you're intentional or not, you are training your children how to love. They're watching you. And so their level of love language or their level of comfort of maybe even their own love language is based upon what they have been trained to do. Uh, My mother reached up and uh, sat on her dad's lap one time, and she went to kiss him on the cheek, and he shoved her away. She never forgot that. And later she learned that he was ticklish, uh, but he wasn't necessarily always affectionate with her her, uh, either. And so that would have been challenging for my mom to end the marriage to have affection because she was used to what? Being pushed away. The same way for words of affirmation is that if you were never told I love you by your dad or by your mom, what are you going to have a hard time doing when you get married? It's going to be very uncomfortable for you to say I love you. Those words are hard to say if if you were not trained that way. I've known people that were trained up in a house that were never hugged one time by their dad. Not one time. And I'm talking about I know a, a man that was that way. He grew up, not hugged one time. 
was his, how did his wife feel when they got married after months and even years into the marriage? He was having a hard time what? Showing uh, affection. And, you know, when you think of physical touch, immediately you think of, of uh, intercourse, of some sexual act, but there is so much more than just uh, uh, a sexual relationship. There is in a marriage uh, physical affection, holding hands and things of that nature. Every guy in the room, he might not be affectionate with anything else, but he's certainly probably going to be affectionate in one area that we're talking about right now. And uh, uh, <laughs> you know, so let me. <laughs> but that brings to a point that we we're going to talk about that physical touch for a woman, and this is a really important part. I'm a lot to of times she's adding to or cutting me off. I don't know. I'm adding to, promise. Um, physical touch, though, it's a, it is a hot topic in marriage counseling, whether or not it's the love language, because a lot of times the idea of physical touch is very different from a man to a woman. So a lot of times when she says physical touch is her love language, what she means is she wants to cuddle up, she wants to be held, she wants to be talked to, and his physical touch a lot of times is sexuality and she's like well that's that's not physical touch that's just you know and so their idea of physical touch is different often um, they're made different and both of those both of those types of physical touch are necessary and but you need to be able to talk to your spouse about them and make sure their interpretation of physical touch you know talk to them about it and and because a lot of times if they say mine's physical touch Oftentimes for a guy, it's sexuality. That doesn't mean just. <laughs> well, it's true. I mean, true. I'm marriage counseling all the time, and that's that's what it is. And uh, you know, a couple comes in, they have some level of struggle in their marriage, and uh, you you know, I have to ask the hard questions. Well, when's the last time you've been intimate? And we're not talking about holding hands in the car on the way down the road. And uh, and he'll he he might say, oh, it's been months. She'll be like. No, it's like two weeks ago. This is a tough crowd here tonight. You know, you're, you're afraid to laugh. But, but in his mind, it's almost never enough, and she always thinks she's more than enough, you know. And, and so there is, when you're talking about this, this is just reality. And couple after couple after couple that come in the office, and you realize it's very normal. This is a man because a man feels connected, almost every case, I'd say 98%. He feels connected because of, of his sexual relationship with her. She feels connected, uh, not necessarily sexually uh, or because of the sexual intimacy. She feels connected because of security and stability. And he's there and he's, he's thinking about her. He, he's asking questions about her. He's taking care of her. And what a guy thinks, you know, there is a book called Men Are From Mars. And women are from Venus. How many have ever read that book? But there is a di there is a difference the way it, it is it is viewed, and so physical touch is not is not just that gentleman uh, is a sexual relationship. Physical touch is much more than that, and that's in both cases. Um, and it's it is scriptural. You can read Songs of Solomon. Um, they, the book references that as well. Um, I'll read a little excerpt from it. It says, let him kiss me with the kisses of his mouth. 
His left arm is under my head. His right arm embraces me. You think, whoa, that's in the Bible? There's a whole lot more, but I'm not going to read it all. <laughs> um, but we'll have to rate the video that's been recorded. <laughs> but it's in the Bible, and the Bible talks about physical touch. And it's, we, we talked about each week we've been maybe referencing different people who that might have been their love language. Maybe it was Solomon's love language, <laughs> something. Um, but he is a physical touch. He talks a lot about it. And um, the body was made for touching because whatever there is residing, whatever there is of me resides in my body. So to touch my body is to touch me. And if you withdraw from your body, then it feels like emotionally they're withdrawing from you or they're distancing themselves from you. And every society has this type of physical touch, communication, um, not just between spouses, just with everyone, communication. I think in America, you know, the handshake, you know, we, we all are comfortable, pretty comfortable, except right now with the coronavirus. But <laughs> normally we're hand, a handshake would be an American. Now, if you go to Europe, when we went to, I went there for my first time last year, and so they all, everyone kissed me, <laughs> and um, it, all the men and the women, <laughs> and, and they kissed him too, they, all the women, they just, they kissed on both sides, and it's their culture, I mean, that's their physical touch, it's just, that's. They let the men kiss me. <laughs> but they, the men do, they'll greet each other that way, that's how they do, and it's, it's, you can see no matter what culture in, our bodies were made to touch. Now, I do think that you definitely, there's an inappropriate and an appropriate way to touch members of the opposite sex as well. So we should t talk about that for a second. Um, you know, we, it's okay. I, I'm a hugger. <laughs> I'm from the South. It's a Southern thing, I think. Sister Crystal's with me. Danae's with me. Yeah. <laughs> and so, um, I, but you can normally feel from the other person if they're not, you know, you go in for the hug and they put out their arm and you're like, oh, okay, <laughs> and they're not a hugger, <laughs> and, uh, but it's, it is part of your culture depending on where you're from, but there are appropriate and inappropriate ways, so I've seen people, even in the altar at church, <laughs> men and women, and they're not married, and they're just on a and a hug, a frontal hug to each other. It's, eh, it feels weird because it is weird because it's not appropriate. And so you shouldn't be men or women hugging members of the opposite sex. It's just inappropriate. Maybe like this, hey, you know, something like that. But um, so there is an appropriate and an inappropriate way. And maybe you should talk to your spouse about that too, about what their level of comfort is with how you interact with others. Because it can send a signal. And I think one thing that should be, be very careful, since we're talking about physical physical touch, is that uh, you have to be careful in, in if you're in the working in the business world, uh, you have maybe a, a partner that's on uh, a job and you travel and uh, things of that na nature. You have to be careful because there is a study that says 70 hours of an intimate conversation that's not meaning sexual intimacy conversation, just open conversation of someone that's of the opposite sex will lead to a sexual act. And so you're not just guarding uh, a physical touch, you're guarding emotional connection uh, because you can have an emotional relationship and not a physical relationship. 
man, I, I want you to think about that. You can create an, emo, an emotional relationship with someone without a physical relationship with someone. And I think that as uh, an hour and a day that we live in, that you have to create limitations on limitations on who you talk to about what. There's some things you don't share with everybody. And to have a best friend of the opposite sex in your marriage is, a, is a leading to a crisis. We all agree with that. You know, uh, there's no one in the world that's closer to me than Cindy. No one. No one in the world closer to me. I've got great friends. And I, I'm not going to have a girlfriend that's my friend. Does that make sense? You know, Cindy, I'm going I'm to go to lunch with so-and-so. She's my best friend. Not going to happen. And you can't allow that to happen because, again, you were made to procreate. And, and as Eve had, had, Adam had a rib taken out of him, it was put in the woman. And she has maybe what's missing. And let me talk about this just for a second. I'm going to turn it back over to her. But you have to be very careful to withhold what your spouse needs, whether it's affection, maybe it's words of affirmation, no one should be able to treat your spouse and supply their need in a way that you haven't already done so. If they need affirmation, I think we all need a level of affirmation. Somebody said, well, I don't need anybody to praise me. You've lied about other things. Yep. Well, I, it, I don't care if anybody says, you know, it really doesn't matter. I, I don't need anybody. That's not true. God did not make us to not need someone. We, we know in part. We... It's not good for a man to be alone. It makes me feel good, when she said. Well, I like that outfit on you. Brings, brings the blue out in your eyes. I'm going to wear that outfit again. And I tell her when I like an outfit, when, and, and I told her when I didn't like an outfit. Haven't I? And I, I've told her, man, I compliment her, 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 her meals, but there's been a few times that I said, well, you don't appreciate all the compliments if I just compliment all of them. You know, that wasn't that all that good right there. You know, I don't make you appreciate it. I'm getting in trouble right now. Why don't you take over? <laughs> but I, I do think that you have to be careful. But you, they, they have a need. I want everybody to say, I, I, I have a need. Everybody say this, my spouse has a need. And so there, there is a responsibility that the spouse supplies the need of their spouse. No matter what that is, it is my responsibility to supply the need in her life because what she's missing, I have. And what I'm missing, she has. She completes me. I'll take it a little further. Me, Cindy, and Jesus make a complete team. But there are some things, man, I, you got to stop me. I got a preacher coming up on me right now. Yeah. But what you'll find out, that there are some areas of my life she cannot satisfy. It's the spiritual aspect of me. That's why the Bible says that everybody hold up three fingers and say a threefold cord is hard to be broken. It's woven together like a braided hair. One, two, and three. And it holds together. Your marriage will not be successful without Jesus Christ in the middle. A couple that prays together stays together. Let's clap our hands and thank God for his presence and his spirit. We've got to have Jesus at the center. So he was talking about we have what they need. And you can write this down if you're taking notes. 1 Corinthians 
chapter 7, verses 3 through 5. I'm just going to have it written down, kind of summarized. Basically, it says, a husband should fulfill his marital duty to his wife, and likewise a wife to her husband. A wife does not have authority over her own body, but her husband does. And equally, a husband does not have authority over his own body, but his wife does. Do not deprive one another, except when you agree for a time to devote yourselves to prayer. Then you come together again. Otherwise, Satan may tempt you because of your lack of self-control. And um, let's, let's yeah. put that on the board and read that in the New Living Translation. First Corinthians seven. Do I have it ready? Three through five. Yeah. Uh, just make sure it's up there. The husband should fulfill his wife's sexual needs, and the wife should fulfill her husband's needs. The wife gives authority over her body to her husband, and the husband gives authority over his body to his wife. Do not deprive each other of sexual relations unless you both agree to refrain from sexual intimacy for a limited time so you can give yourselves more completely to prayer. What does it say? Afterward, after fasting. Oh, but pastor, you know, I, I, I've been seeking the Lord for the last six months. And he's over here suffering, you know, or, or vice versa. You are not allowed to fast in that without the consent of your spouse. If they say no, you're not allowed to according to scripture. And afterwards, though, if you do agree for a period of time, you should come together what? Why? And I, I touched on that just a little bit last week. I made reference. I said, you know, if if you come to marriage counseling or something and we've had, you know, maybe a woman come, men, I don't know, over the years, different ones come and, oh, my, my husband, I think he's looking at pornography. But then you begin to talk to him and talk different things and they haven't been with their husband in, you know, a couple years or something. And it's like. It's not all his fault. You know, you're scripturally, you're out of line. If you've, it's, it says it right there because Satan is going to tempt him and it's how they were created and they're going to be tempted. And so, um, you can, you can help that <laughs> by obeying scripture. And also Proverbs talks about something else. It really, and it's, you think scripture is so timeless. You think, well, that doesn't, you you wouldn't have to talk about that, or that's probably not something that goes on in the church, but it is. It goes on everywhere. It's it's 2020, and the times are getting more and more evil, but you'd be surprised how many people are okay with having an open relationship and or bringing another partner into their relationship, and the Bible does talk about that. Proverbs chapter 5 says, drink water from your own cistern. Water flowing from your own well, should your springs flow in the streets, streams of water in the public squares, they should be for you alone and not for you to share with strangers. Let your fountain be blessed and take pleasure in the wife of your youth. And on down in the passage it says, For a man's ways are before the Lord's eyes, and he considers all his paths. A wicked man's iniquities entrap him. He's entangled in the ropes of his own sin. He will die because there is no instruction and be lost because of his great stupidity. <laughs> that's, how it's, that's how one version words it. Um, and it's stupid to bring. It, it, it will not satisfy any need in a marriage. It will create a horrific, horrific problem. 
and um, without a miracle, almost unfixable every time when you do that. And you have to be careful because flattery does lead to compromise. And in every relationship, you have to understand that there should never be a secret. As, 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 and let's talk about social media for a second. And multiple times over the years, and I counseled people outside of the church a lot over in the last um, 16 years of being here. This month is 16 years that we have been here. But I have seen to where uh, someone from the past makes a connection through Facebook. And they forget about why they broke up. They only remember the, the fluttering of the emotion they had with that person. And how they, for, they forgot that the first one was, was that they were a jerk and that they were selfish. And they go back, and I have had, had to counsel people from the community because flattery led to what? I want everybody to say flattery leads to compromise. If someone's flattering you of the opposite sex, you need to tell your spouse. So-and-so said to me today. And why? Because never give place to the devil. Paul said it. Satan will come to be tempt you and try to destroy it. There is an attack on the American Christian family. And we can't give any place to it. Let there be an amen. Amen. Okay, you may leave. Well, that that's really all I had about that. But um, I also have here about physical touch and the need for it in a time of crisis especially the book talks about that how your touches will be remembered long after a crisis has passed but your failure to touch will never be forgotten um, physical touch is a powerful way to communicate love and so in a time of crisis you need to feel love um, for instance it's another another way of have you ever you know you go through funeral lines and it seems like the person who has lost the loved one, you know, they're getting hugged by so many people because it is a way to, it's a, it's a way that we show love. It's a physical touch. Um, the, but when it comes to your spouse, the most important thing you can do for them at a time of loss or in a time of crisis is to love them. And if your spouse's primary love language is physical touch, then nothing is going to be more important to them to hold them during that time and to touch them. And crisis can provoke... Um, a neat opportunity to express love. People can be very loving in times of crisis. The neatest forms of love can come out. But, um, again, your touches will be remembered long after. But if you don't, if you're not there for them in those times of crisis, that will be remembered too. It's hard to forget those things. Um, if you have pen or paper, another exercise for you to do, another something else you can do, maybe write down or you can put it mentally, then someone who you think might need a, a hug or a physical touch or something this week. Maybe it's just a, how are you doing today? <laughs> Elbow pump, whatever. Um, a hand clap. <laughs> a kiss would be your spouse. We're not in Europe. <laughs> Squeezing the shoulder, pat on the face. Because we all, we all do need that. And your spouse isn't the only one that provides you with physical touch. And so it it's, comes in many forms, obviously. But love touches are emotional lifeline for people when it's their love language. So for like a lady, if it is her love language, and she could get some physical touch from her spouse, but she'll desire it from her friends too. If it's her love language, she'll if, if it's she'll want to be. You won't believe it. You know, they just that some people like to touch you when they're talking because it's their love language, and they desire that from you. 
And so um, you can think of somebody in your in your life maybe that uh, that their love language is physical touch. And really just, I don't have a lot more on it. And like he said, though, it depends on how you're brought up. So that wasn't, physical touch wasn't. We talked about that in week one. That wasn't my parents' love language. That was, and that was harder even for me when we got married or dated, dated, married. And even, I mean, I remember, you know, I, I don't remember where we were. I think you had your arm around me or something. And I was I maybe kind of like this. He says, you're stiff as a two-by-four. I, I, I think it was like this, maybe. And he's like, we're married. And I'm like, this is awkward <laughs> because uh, I wasn't, I didn't grow up around that. Now, it's natural now. I mean, it's been 18 years, but it took a while to learn that love language because that wasn't shown as much in my home. It was different love languages, whereas his mom and dad, like I talked about in the first week, are dancing through the house at all times to this day. If you pop in, they're twirling each other, laying them back, kissing her. I mean, they're very <laughs> affectionate in front of people. And it was not like that with me growing up. So it was awkward for me when we got married. And it could even be we'd be all alone and almost be like arm around, like you're looking to see if someone's around because it's <laughs> that bad. But it took a while for me to learn that love language. And now, I mean, it's so true, though, because our kids are very loving now. And I'm so thankful for that because he has brought that love language to our home and, and they're like that now. They're very loving. They want to hug and, and I love that. And sometimes, and be careful too not to judge other people's love language. Um, and it, some, like we've talked about, a lot of things, especially physical touch, can be very cultural. And so... For me, you know, and I think my children, my girls, it's different in Ohio. Don't take offense to this. Not different in a bad way. It's just different. It is different. And so, especially for girls, because now if you meet a really nice guy, let's a, a, a 17, 18-year-old guy, or somebody like Ethan's age, maybe a little older, in their 20s, and they're really nice, so what they're going to say about him is, he is such a nice guy. But now if you meet a girl, same age, it's very nice. Oftentimes they'll say, she's such a flirt. And that's not, that's not accurate. It may be that she's nice. <laughs> and now there's a difference. There's a difference. I've explained to my girls. Um, there's a difference. Now if a girl's going up and straightening a guy's tie and doing their head. That's flirting. <laughs> That's flirting. That's stepped over the nice. But there's nothing wrong with saying, I <laughs> there's nothing wrong with saying, I like that jacket. Is that new? That suit's nice. Or I like those shoes. Or that was a nice, nice basket on the ball court. You did a good job. Complimenting doesn't mean you're flirting. You can give an appropriate compliment because at one point, you know, I was like, my girls were like, should we not? Are we not supposed to tell someone if that? And I said, no, don't change. We give compliments. And so I'm very complimentary. I like to tell people, oh, they look so nice. And you, it's praise is needed. Praise is needed. And you, we should be praiseful of others. And I saw something on Facebook or Instagram, something, a meme a few months ago or something. And it said something like, 
maybe he's not a flirt. Maybe his mom just raised him to be polite or something. I can't remember. Talking about a guy that had given a compliment. And I think that's true. I've taught my girls just because they say, I like your hair like that. That doesn't mean they're flirting with you. It might mean they're polite and they're giving you a compliment. And you say, and that's okay. And I just wanted to tell you that because I think we need to tell our children that. Because what we do if we're not careful is we create we create this generation of people that don't compliment each other because they don't want to be accused of flirting or they don't want to be, and you got to teach them the difference and the boundaries. But your your child ought to be able to tell another child their age, same sex or opposite sex, that looks nice. Your hair, there's nothing wrong with that. They ought to be able to give compliments without being called flirty. And like I said, a lot of times guys can get by with it, but it's a little harder for girls. But we should teach our children the difference in that because there is a difference. I think... I think we it, it, it's not common up north to be complimented. Uh, it can be to your own family, to, to somebody else. And you have to understand, and, uh, you know, over the years, ho- heard so many statements, and Billy Cole used to make a statement. And uh, because, how many ever heard a statement? Well, I don't want to give them the big head. How many ever heard that? Uh, remember, for, for every person that gets the big head and gets prideful and falls because of that. There's going to be 10 others that die by discouragement. 10 others that die by discouragement. And uh, we, God made us to be praisers. The Bible says honor, where give honor where honor is due. And uh, compliment one another. I'm not talking about flattery. Uh, I'm talking about compliment, as she was talking about, because we all needed a pat on the shoulder every now and then. said, you know what, I noticed what you did. You're doing a great job. You're faithful. I appreciate that about you. I mean, no, it makes you feel good. And and I'm going to tell you something in this area. There's a lot of discouraged people. There's a lot of inadequacy. Uh, and there's a lot of lack of confidence. In the marriage counselings that I do, there's a lot of people that come in. They're not assertive uh, because they do not feel that what they have to say or what they want really matters. Does that make sense? They almost like, well... I just need to be in my own circle. People don't care about me. They're not going to care what I want. They're not going to notice if I don't show up. Uh, That is not an individual thing. That's a really cultural thing. I still have your attention, right? And you still with me here for a minute? That we get to a place, though, if we're not careful, is that we will isolate ourselves because we do not feel valued. I want everybody to hold, hold up your hands like this. This is your spouse's confidence. It's your spouse's confidence. Their confidence in themselves really lies in you. When they go to speak, are you listening? Uh, When they wear something, are you praising them and telling them that they look nice? Uh, Their need for physical touch or feeling shoved away. Confidence, everybody say confidence. It does lie in the spouse. Your role as a spouse, is to build their confidence. My life, as married to Cindy, is that she reaches her dreams, is that I seek to please please her. That doesn't make me henpecked, maybe a little bit. As one guy said, as long as you like the hen that's pecking you. Her life, commitment to me, is that she wants to see my dreams and my desires come to pass. And when I seek to please her, and to be pleasing to her. And she seeks to please me. And to be pleasing to me. When we're trying to do this, that's selfless love. And selfless, everybody say, the selfless 
people get what the selfish people want. And it, put your hand this way, if you will. Just put your hand. When she's reaching to bless me and I'm reaching to bless her, what happens is it, it's called making love. I'm, I'm not just talking about a sexual relationship. My life is that she gets out of life what she desires out of life. She's seeking the same for me. It creates a dynamic that makes marriage very powerful and fulfilling. And 18 years into this, Cindy and I sometimes we go to sleep holding hands. And it, you're feeling that, hey, we couldn't be happier than one another. We said this the other day. We said, uh, I couldn't imagine being happier. I mean, we've had to work through some things, as every couple does. But God has called us to be servants to one another. I mean, I could pull out verses like Sarah called Abraham Lord. We could stay on there a while, couldn't we, gentlemen? And I'm smarter than that, amen. Yeah, and see, you know what Sister Lauren is teaching over here right now? Brother Shook, you're not going to believe it. She found a verse that a man wipes the dish. There ain't no man clapping their hands. Mason, stop clapping your hands over there. I, I told, I told, I told, uh, told the staff when we were talking about because Brother Cody was offended that she had found that verse, you know. And the man, as the man wipeth the dish, that's in the scripture. And uh, I said, I'm 41 years old. I ain't never heard that preached. She said, because it's always the men preaching. <laughs> you need to warm up the pink tape. Brother Adam said it just meant he was wiping his plate clean. <laughs> That's a wise man right there. That's a wise man. Let's, let's close with this thought. And uh, is, is, is physical touch necessary? Absolutely. Everybody say absolutely. And you have to understand, is, uh, in Ephesians 5, it says, Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself. Bible says for the women to teach the women how to love love their husbands. As much as we're not talking about the oneness of God and baptism here today, what Sister Bounds has taught the First Lady of this church in the last several weeks here is very, very biblical. Somewhere somebody's got to stand up in a, in a cultural opposition to morality and marriage and stand up and say, this is what the Bible says about marriage. Can there be an amen in the building? No matter if you were raised in dysfunction, you come out of, of chaos, maybe from a, uh, of a broken marriage before. Let me tell you something. Your marriage can thrive in Jesus Christ. Understand this as, as we close here today. We're going to pray together. Understand this, that God himself was very emotional and is very emotional. He really is. We were made in his likeness. In the image of God made him male and female. I mean, no, God is emotional. The Bible says God is love. The Bible tells us that God became angry. Another verse says that he is a jealous God. The Bible says that he seeks for true worshipers to worship him. And I would go as far as to say that he seeks us to what? Praise him because he shows up in the praises of his people. Amen. He does. When we praise him, he shows up. 
he starts doing what he does. If you don't praise him, he's not coming in the room. We are made in that image. We have a need to be praised. We also get jealous. We get angry. We have a need to be loved. My grandmother, as I come to a close talking about physical touch, she used to sing a song. And how do we know God is in the building? How do we know the Lord is here? My office, just a little bit earlier, teaching a Bible study. I felt the presence of God come in that room in a Bible study. I was teaching so powerfully. I began to weep, began to cry because I just felt like God's arms wrapped around me and he was giving me a physical touch. How I many know oh, God gives us a physical touch? My grandmother was saying, shackled by heavy burden, neath the load of guilt and shame. Then the hand of Jesus touched me, and now I am no longer the same. He touched me, oh, he touched me, and oh, the joy that floods my soul. You can go serve Buddha if you want to, because he ain't ever touching you. You can go to Muhammad's grave and find he's there, and Allah's not touching you. I mean, no, you can serve some Hindu God and he ain't ever going to touch you. But the God we serve is a physical touch God. His hand comes in your life. Amen. I think we ought to stand to our feet. Don't be a non-responder. Don't be a non-responder. God reaches down to touch you and you fold your arms. Oh, no. That's not intimacy. Intimacy comes with a response. And that's why the Bible says lift your heart with your hand. What you're doing, you're reaching out to touch him. Our worship touches him. How I many of our praise touches him? The Bible says that we are the bride of Christ. Now that means collaboratively we're a bride. Individually, we are sons. We climb up on his knee and we say, Abba, Father, which means daddy. How I many know that? But when God starts moving in the room, we as the bride of Christ, we reach out to the husband. We reach out and worship him. We stretch out to the one that's prepared a place for us. How many know he's got us in his hand? And I want to end on this point. He wants to touch your life. He wants to make you whole. He wants to do what only he can do. Why don't you reach out and touch the Lord right now? Hallelujah. You are here right now. We feel your presence near us. You're not a God that's so far away that we can't feel you, but... You come near under our heart and our mind and our spirit. Lord, I pray that every person in the room would be touched by your presence and that God forgiveness in this room would begin to take place. Come on, if you've got ought toward your spouse, right now is a time to say, God, I need forgiveness. If you have ought toward the Lord, send in your heart toward God. Right now would be a great time to say, God, I surrender to you. Lord, I open my heart to you. I want you to touch me. I want you to be near to me. Oh, God, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Somebody say today, he touched me. How many remember the first time the Lord touched your life? How many feel like calling out to the Lord? There is, there's a call of prayer right now. Why don't we take a moment and just pray? Thanks again for listening to the Anchor Church Podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure you subscribe so you can keep up on our weekly sermons. If you're in the Zanesville area, we invite you to join us on Sundays. You can find all the details on our website at theanchor.church. Again, thanks so much for listening, and we hope to see you soon.